0: Jula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it.
1: Nurse shoots and scores! Darn it! keep looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch. And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb.
2: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad.
0: Week 5 in the CFL underway late in the first quarter. Calgary leading Ottawa 8-0. Tomorrow, Eskimos and Argos. We will set that one up for you throughout the show tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays are trying to snap the Boston Red Sox Nine-game winning streak. The Red Sox rolling into tonight's matchup at Fenway with a record of 65 and 29. They're playing 691 ball on the season. The Blue Jays have the lead 2-0 now at the end of the third inning. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chat. If you would like to reach out, you can do so by texting 630-630 or by calling 780-496-0063. So tomorrow's game. On this station, 5.30 for the pregame show, 7 o'clock for the kickoff as the Eskimos try to recover from a frustrating performance last Saturday that saw them lose by three to the Argos. In the broadcast booth will be Dave Campbell and... The biggest Billy Joel fan I know, in fact, the only Billy Joel fan I know, Morley Scott. Hi, Morley. Hi, how are you, Reed? I'm doing well. I I was going to try and do something silly where instead of playing a Billy Joel song, I I played a song by an artist named Billy or named Joel, but I couldn't think of any, so I just played the Billy Joel song. Billy Talent? Well, Billy Talent? Yeah, again, I didn't think of that. That's
1: the only one that comes to my mind.
0: Wasn't the wasn't the Patrick Bauer can help? Isn't the lead singer of uh, Smashing Pumpkins Billy? Is it Billy Corgan? Billy Corgan. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would be a little bit little bit of a reach. A little heavy for more Leo. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Now, how many? Before we get into the football stuff, let's get the important questions out of the way. How many bi- autographed Billy Joel memorabilia items do you possess?
1: You know what? I'll t- I only own one piece, and that is because a listener gave it to me. Uh, We often have Billy Joel discussions on the afternoon news with uh, Jalen and Andrew, and uh, one time a guy who is in the collector business said he got two of these given to him, and he gave it to me. You've seen it. It sits right on my desk there. It's an autographed Billy Joel picture uh, with the often. on, what is the authenticity uh, uh, thing on the back? The certificate of, that of that
0: authenticity. Yes,
1: that's it. Yes, yeah. to show that it indeed has been signed by Billy Joel. That's about it. That's uh, that's all I've uh, that's all I've got. I also had another fan also brought in a big poster, which also sits uh, just kind of between your desk and mine, and it's from uh, uh, the, the Bridge Tour way back in the uh, in the eighties, I believe. So uh, that's it. I don't have a lot of memorabilia. Just have a. Just have a lot of the, all the music, everything he's ever put out from uh, going back uh, from uh, the early days with Attila when uh, he had uh, the long hair and it was kind of a hard (laughs) rock band, right up to the last album he put out, which was a classical music album.
0: Uh, Well, that autographed stuff, I wouldn't leave that line around the office. I could probably net a pretty penny at a pawn shop. (laughs) Uh, How many times have you seen Billy Joel live?
1: Uh, I think (laughs) much. Six, I think. The last time was uh, was a couple of years ago. We drove to Seattle to uh, uh, to see him play in Seattle. So that was the last time. So I think about six times. About three times, uh, three times in Edmonton. One time, the best story ever is uh, Yanni Nidama. Remember him? Played yep. for the Oilers. Very well connected with the music business, and he got uh, me one time in uh, Florida, in Miami, a backstage pass to watch Billy Joel and Elton John perform. I was like. 10 feet from the stage. It was, uh, it was a terrific night, and I'm forever indebted to Yanni Nika, who from that moment on became my vote for first star every night.
0: Well, and I'm really thrilled that your dog is excited about inside sports as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, somebody's walking through the front door there. i walking by the front door, so, you know, they're guard dogs, right?
0: Uh, Steve from Edson says, uh, Billy Idol. Well, that would have been a good one. He could have rolled out some Rebel Yell or White Wedding. That would, that would, yeah. we'll, pl- we'll play one of those later on tonight, Patrick. Uh, Morley, thanks for checking in tonight. I, I know uh, it's been a busy week for you. You're getting ready for tomorrow night's broadcast. The Eskimos are 2-2. Two and two, And, uh, you know, I, the thing I've been saying is they, they've looked pretty good for about Five of the 16 quarters, pretty bad for about five and, and probably fairly mediocre for six. So uh, I, I think their record is is entirely justified. Well, wh- I, I know they wanted to address some details and discipline, uh, and I know they don't let the media into the meeting rooms, but from your perception of, of talking to guys and what you've seen at practice, how have they been doing that this week, Morley?
1: Well, it's, it's funny you mention that. I talked to Mike Roderick today, and we talked to Jason Mawson when we met with him in our little session today, and we talked about some of those things and they really did focus on the details and went right down to the dressing room rules that were being broken uh... they made sure that everybody was on time for meetings this week they they stressed you have to obey the rules of the room like that's being on time for meetings that's being dressed and ready to go for practice on time that's wearing the correct attire to the meetings before practice that's you know apparently there was rules being broken around the hot tub the guys weren't wearing their flip flops around the hot tub Uh, and that rule was corrected and guys were told to do that. Guys had been, there'd been some guys sitting on the benches during practice and they put an end to that because that's not allowed. So all the little team rules that maybe had slipped uh, through the cracks over the last uh, few weeks were all, they all kind of snapped to attention this week. So they, they really uh, made sure that they paid attention to everything and they feel that not. Just doing that off the field, in the meeting rooms, in the dressing room, will carry over onto the field. And I know uh, the first practice of the week uh, this week, Mike Riley said it was one of the best practices they had this year as far as Doing the little things right in practice, so they're hoping it's going to carry over into the game tomorrow. But I found it real interesting that that they kind of just cracked the whip a little bit on the team rules in and around the dressing room and and made sure everybody was just paying attention and following the rules all week long.
0: Well, that that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting story, Morley. And I, I mean, I guess that's one way to set that standard, right? That rules are rules, even if uh, even if we've been letting them slide or or we don't like them. Uh, that now we're going to start following them no matter what and create that attitude around the team. And that's, and that's another thing, and I know you and I have had this discussion off air a lot of times, it's a reminder of, uh, you, you know, and, and look, we're, we're Canadian sports guys, so we've mostly covered football and hockey, but I, I would still say it's a reminder that football's the most regimented, at least in my mind, it's the most regimented of all the team sports.
1: Absolutely. Everything, their day is planned out right from the moment they get to work in the morning. Uh, their practices, uh, they, they're doing things, we're going to do this for seven minutes, then we're doing this for four minutes, then we're doing this for ten minutes. Everything is timed out and everything is regimented, you're right. Uh, I, and I think what one thing that's neat about what they did and, and what I told you about what they're doing is, uh, Jason Moss told us today that he didn't initiate that, that was all player initiated. The leaders on the team, the captains had a meeting and said, we have to start following the rules better and then they had a team meeting and talked to the players and said, this is how it's going to be from now on. Let's start now as we prepare for the rest of the week. So it was player-initiated, which I know the coach was pretty happy to see.
0: Morley Scott joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Eskimos, taking on the Argos tomorrow. Coverage starts at 5.30 here on 6.30, Chad. I was listening to the coach's show with Jason Moss on Monday and uh, I, I listened to the Mark Tressman media availability today, and, and, I'll, and I'll tease this I, I, later on tonight. I'm going to play clips from both coaches uh, that, that are similar in terms of that they, they both kind of view the CFL as a fourth quarter league which is interesting because a lot of people, me included, uh, were were emphasizing how poorly the Eskimos were at the start of the game uh, on Saturday. And, and Moss kind of said to you, well... Yeah, but we, we, we didn't finish very well. And, and even Tressman said so much can happen in the fourth quarter. You know, there's extra plays after the three-minute warning that, that that's really where often the game gets decided. I, th- I thought that was uh, an interesting way uh, to look at it and, and maybe contrary to some of the criticism the Eskimos have faced in the past five days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The finish, I think, bothered the coach more than the start because you can recover from a bad start. Uh, And they don't like using that term. I know Mike Riley corrected a lot of media guys after the BC game when they were asked about the bad start. He said, bad start, we let it happen. How is that a bad start? We let it to half. So uh, they did start slow. There's no doubt about it. They, they did. You, I think it's fair to say they had a bad start in Toronto because they were down 12 nothing and only had touched the ball at one time offensively at that point and, and, and gave it away. So, uh, yeah, they, you know, they do get in holes, but it's about climbing out of those holes and being able to finish, and that's the focus that Jason Moss has had on everybody. Finish the job. Uh, whether that's in the fourth quarter uh, or not, you have to finish the job. And he even he even said, I think he said on the coach's show something like, even finish your starts. You know, if you're having a good start, finish it, complete the good start, carry it over into the you know the middle portion of the game. So uh, yeah, there. But the, the focus is on the fourth quarter for sure. How many games uh, are decided in the fourth quarter in the case of football league? When you think about it, pretty much almost all of them are. But. That being said, you still have to set the table for the first three quarters, right? You still have to play well. You still have to put some points up. You still have to, uh, you know, keep the game plan going through the three quarters to set you up for a fourth quarter win, uh, you know, a comeback or hanging on to the league, whatever the case may be. Uh, you can't win just by playing the fourth quarter, but you can lose by not playing well in the fourth quarter.
0: All right. Uh, the, the injuries were a big story for the Eskimos right out of week one. But it seems, in general, that the the games two, three, and four, uh, the Eskimos have emerged fairly healthy. Do, do we expect any uh, you know big lineup changes for and uh, you know and I and I know we'll we'll see uh, they can still make a couple of scratches. But do we expect any big lineup changes for the game tomorrow?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, we're, we're they're going to see the same starters as uh, as we saw the Eskimos go with in week one in this two-game series at the Toronto-Argonauts, so they'll make no changes there. As far as the injury situation goes, I think we have to look ahead to after the bye week. The Eskimos play this game tomorrow, then they have the bye week, and then they play in Montreal the following Thursday, and that'll be the sixth game of the year, and that's when players who has started the year on the sixth game list, and there was a lot of them, are able to come off. And, and I'm mostly thinking about guys who uh, play in the defensive backfield, uh, you know, guys like like Johnny Adams, like Arjun Cole, and Forrest Hightower, who all got hurt in the last week of training camp, and that's why everything changed all of a sudden for the Eskimos, because... It happened late in training camp, and they lost those those three guys in the defensive backfield. Throw in the fact that, that Aaron Grimes had to go home for week one, and it just threw everything into disarray back there. Uh, and they haven't been able to recover really. You know, some of the numbers they put up are pretty good back there, but some of them aren't. They're just giving up too many big plays, and I think that's what has been killing them in a lot of games. They don't give up a lot of yards. They they get uh, an, a, a few interceptions. They're amongst the league leaders there, but Reed they have given up. 16 big plays defensively uh that is tied for last in the cfl with hamilton 10 of those big plays have been 30 yards or more through the year on completions and that's where i think they really have to shore things up so so sorry the big play is 25
0: plus or 30 plus
1: 30 plus 30, 30 plus. plus on a passing play so okay. 10 times that's happened to them so that's that's just far too many.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I had Mike Benavides on yesterday, and uh, you know, the one thing he said, and, and if you're if if you're a coach, you have to be a half full guy. And he said, look, we're working with young guys. We we we're going to find out how quickly they can learn, and, and maybe some point later on in the season, when we need them, this experience will be valuable. So that's that's another storyline to watch for this team. Morley, I'll let you get back to uh, to the dog and listen to your uh, Billy uh, Billy Joel eight <laughs> tracks. I'll see you at the stadium tomorrow.
1: <laughs> All right, Reid, take
0: care. Thanks. That is Morley Scott checking in tonight on Inside Sports. He's the play-by-play voice for the Eskimos here on 630 Chad. So taking on the Argos, uh, pretty much the same lineup. They put Godfrey on Yeka on the on the one-game injured list. And, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> they'll convert the yards to points. I, I was looking at some of the stats today. James Wilder Jr., who's... Now, now, I will say this. The Argos have played three games. The Eskimos have played four. so So keep that in mind. James Wilder Jr., as the Argos running back, as you would expect, is their leading rusher with 196 yards. James Wilder Jr. is also the Argos' leading receiver with 125 yards receiving in three games. Contrast that to the Eskimos, granted over four games, uh, Duke has 433, Walker has 350, and Stafford has 290. Uh, you know, the extra game, but obviously if you go by the, the per-game average, the Eskimos uh, getting a lot more yards. Couldn't turn them into points on Saturday. Really interesting, uh, the details and the discipline, how they're trying to address that and create that attitude, and I'll use that old word, that culture, that hopefully pays off on the field tomorrow night. We will take a quick timeout. It is 6.20, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad.
2: Your home for breaking
3: news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630
0: Chad. Now this is Billy Idol. Yeah. Is this Rebel Yell? You betcha. Taking me back. (laughs) Junior high in Evansburg. Well, here's your challenge tonight. Songs sung by... People named Billy. All night coming back from commercial and Inside Sports. You think you can handle it, Patrick? Um, I've already got a list of like eight artists here. So. <laughs> that's great. See, that's what I love about you. You're, you're ahead of the game. On the ball, man. It's like you can read my mind. <laughs> that's good stuff. Calgary 8, Ottawa nothing. Eight and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Week 5 of uh, the CFL season underway. Eskimos, Argos tomorrow. Winnipeg, B.C., will play on Saturday. This is one of those weeks with only three games in it, three teams on a bye, and this is to accommodate the uh, increased number of bye weeks this year. Each team will get three bye weeks instead of two. First time they've ever done that. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad, Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. And you can email inside sports at six thirty ched.com. I just got a tweet from Morley Scott. Picture of his dog. And it says, if memory serves, tonight was Finley's second appearance on Inside Sports. I don't remember the first background barking, but I, I don't doubt Morley's memory. I'm I'm sure it happened. There that's probably the most common non <laughs> the most common non human animal on six thirty Ched. All shows in general, background dog barking. I can't think what else it would be. I don't think a lot of people have pet stingrays that are making noises in the background. Uh, I was talking about the, uh, the start versus the finish. A lot of people upset me included, by how the Eskimos started that game in Toronto. But here's what head coach Jason Moss had to say.
4: I talked to our team today and said, everyone wants to talk about the start to that game. Everybody, that's all I've gotten. a couple texts. And, oh, if you guys would have started faster, the game would have been, you guys would have won, and this and that. I said, well, no, I don't care about the start. The finish is what bothers me. Because as well as we played at times, all we had to do is play better at the end. They made more plays when it mattered the most, and at the end of the game, they drove the field down on us, scored, got a two-point conversion to go up three. We had the ball at the 53-yard line, and at the 53-yard line, you expect our offense to go 20 yards and kick a field goal to tie it at the least, at the very least, and if not, maybe go down and score a touchdown to get the lead back, and we weren't able to accomplish that, and that's what pisses you off, or that's what you, or that's what you remember about that game. That's what I'll remember. I won't I don't care about the start. This I know this league long enough to know Been in almost 20 years. It's not generally how you start. It's how you finish ball games. And if you can't finish, it, it doesn't matter.
0: All right, that is Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. We'll hear Mark Trestman, the coach of the Toronto Argos with his thoughts on that as well. As we move along tonight Argos GM Jim Pop is going to check in, going to ask uh, Jim for an update on Ricky Ray, obviously the one of the all-time greats, former Eskimos quarterback, uh, suffered that scary hit a few weeks ago. Obviously, he's uh, out of the hospital, but there's no timeline for his return to action. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Enjoy a cold craft beer or a great glass of bourbon with modern soul food and other tasty treats at Northern Chicken, 10704 124th Street. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We're back after the news.
3: Hi, this is Ryan Neeson-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio
0: 630 Chad so this is another Billy artist who is this one Billy Talent oh this is Billy Talent alright so we've had Billy Joel we've had Billy Idol we've had Billy Talent and you have a list of Billy's still to come tonight. It'll be a fun guessing game for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to do curveballs. I'm already out of guesses, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I'm going to be O for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Calgary leading Ottawa fourteen nothing. Four and a half minutes left in the first half. Blue Jays up 2-1 on the Red Sox in the bottom of the fourth. The Red Sox have won nine in a row. The Edmonton Prospects are in Brooks tonight. That one starts at 7. They'll host Yorkton tomorrow at 7 at REMAX Field. Ron Kittle, former Edmonton Trappers great. That's going back. That's uh, early 80s. But I definitely remember Ron Kittle playing for the Trappers. He will be at the Prospects game on July 20th. Really cool that they're bringing him to town. Eskimo is hosting the Argos tomorrow. One of the, uh, well, I guess you'd call him a front office legend in the Canadian Football League. Argos General Manager Jim Pop is on the line. Jim, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: great. Doing great, Reed.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's always awesome to, to catch up with you, Jim. And i got to throw you a question here right off the top that I think is really important to a lot of people in Edmonton, a lot of Eskimos fans, and I think people who uh, love the Canadian Football League. So I'll just ask you for an update, if there is one. Uh, how's Ricky Ray doing? Obviously, that was a pretty scary moment for him a few weeks ago. How, how's he doing?
2: Well, you know what? Ricky uh, is probably handling the situation as best as he can. He's going to be out a period of time. He obviously has a neck injury um but he's in uh he's in daily he lifts weights daily he rides the bike daily he comes to meetings he sits in the quarterback meetings with uh, and helps the younger guys he sits in every meeting we have the only thing he doesn't do is go out to practice so uh it's just a matter of rest and healing and he's probably doing as well as he could be doing well,
0: that's great to hear that that he's around the team. What what does that mean to to the Argos, to the players, and the coaches? You know, after seeing him getting taken off the field like that, and like you mentioned, he's going to be out, not be able to play for a while. But what does that mean in your mind, just to sort of have him around and as involved as he can be?
2: Well, I mean, Ricky, and you know this. Ricky is so well respected. Just having him in the presence of them all and knowing that uh he's doing you know he's doing good uh is a big you know it's a big booster it's a big morale booster and uh guys love being around him he's such a confident you know confidence to them all uh so you know just having him in the room alone is a huge difference but he's such a leader in his own way that um his presence uh especially with our quarterbacks uh, is a huge factor. You know, he he can sit there and he gets to give his feedback or what he sees, and you know, versus what the uh, quarterbacks see themselves, and, the, and the, he'll add to that. So, um, you know, he's he's helping us have a chance to win every week by having his presence there in the locker room.
0: Now, with Ricky injured, obviously that means James Franklin has, has got to start for you guys. Uh, a player we know well in Edmonton. He was an Eskimos for the past few seasons. We saw him in in flashes, uh, you know, when Mike couldn't play or, or Franklin got to go in for Riley in a couple of situations. You know, you went out and made that trade in the offseason, Jim. I'm just wondering, you know, because there were other quarterbacks out there and, and I'm sure you, you had a few options for somebody maybe to acquire. Um, wh- what did you like about James that thought, hey, this guy can be an Argo? And I guess obviously. The obvious follow-up to that is now that uh, you've seen him for a few weeks since since Ricky went down. How how do you think he's coming along?
2: Well, you know, it was it was uh, you know we we just took a calculated risk. We just felt that he would fit in very well into our system. Uh, There was some familiarity to the system because of the of the background that um, you know that Jason Moss has, and you know coming in, you know, learning a system that probably derived a lot from mark Tressman, and um and being that that system was there uh that the entire time you know we felt that he may be a great fit with us so we took that calculated risk to go out there and and grab him and hope hoped he wanted to stay and work a deal out with us and uh and everything that we had watched in the past you know even though he didn't play a whole lot last year what we watched in the past Uh, We hope that's what we would get. And uh, sure enough, that's what we've got. And uh, he he is a very poised uh, and confident young man and uh, he's got great touch.
0: Well, and and look, I I know the, the plan was for Ricky to be playing, but you mentioned what he's doing now and uh, Anthony Calvillo on your coaching staff. I mean, I, I don't know, are there, are there two better mentors to have for a, a younger starting quarterback? What's that, seven combined great cups between Ricky and AC? It's got to it's be great to have Calvillo on your coaching staff too and and him developing as a mentor as well.
2: It does, you know, the great thing about Ricky and and, uh, and Anthony, they're, they're and even Mark Tressman, they're so monotone, low-key, Uh, you know, they just, they talk through it all. Uh, they give their views, but the whole thing is, is that it allows the quarterback to have his view that it's actually playing now, you know, it's just like what happened here. And I, and I know, um, you know, uh, James never thought that, you know, his time would come because of this, but, uh, you know, he took a chance, you know, he, he took the factor that this was a great place for him for the future. And he knew that Ricky would be the starting quarterback. And, uh, but, you know, he was there in case an opportunity came along. And unfortunately, sometimes it's due to an injury. And now, you know, he got his shot, you know, and he's in there and he can build off what he did for, for three years in Edmonton now in Toronto. And and uh, and now he's put a game under his belt other than some preseason. So it's it's a great combination, you know, to have two guys that are going obviously going to be Hall of Famers and also a, a coach trustman, you know, right there that, um, you know, is able to help bring him along, uh, you know, as quickly as we possibly can. But over time, it would be a great benefit for him.
0: Argos general manager Jim Pop joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Argos and Eskimos coming up tomorrow night on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. You know, I, I got to ask you about James Wilder Jr. He's he's been a really exciting player, uh, maybe too exciting for Eskimos fans in a couple <laughs> of occasions, Jim. But uh, look, I, I I know as a general manager you, you don't go out and sign guys uh, who, who you think aren't aren't any good. So obviously you saw something in him, but but I'm just wondering, you know, when you, when you make that signing, when you're scouting James Wilder. Jr., what did you see in him that, that led you to believe you don't know what this guy might be a CFL back?
2: Well, he, he's a well. First was his size. Obviously, he's a he's a huge man, you know, for a running back, and uh, he looks like a middle linebacker. And I just felt, you know, I, I you know, during my era of growing up as a as a kid and watching great players, his father was an icon in the NFL. And when James came along through Florida State and I watched him, you know, in the ACC in college and watched him come along, and he was split in time. And I just felt like that, you know, especially when he went into the NFL, that if he ever had a chance to bring him to the CFL, that uh, he would have a chance to be a, a dominating player just because he has a whole package to him. You know, he, he's faster than you think. He can make the first guy miss. He's extremely strong. You know, he catches the ball out of the backfield well. And I just thought he had that package that, you know, that we look for in a CFL running back. Usually they're smaller packages, but you know, this is a big man package that has the whole skill set. and never knew if he'd come, but I mean, I was on strong to him in Montreal. I had him on the list there. And then once I was not in Montreal, they took him off and we were able to grab him in, in Toronto. And uh, it's just paid off. You know, it's, it's turned out to be what you envision and obviously believe me, uh, you never know. I mean, I, you know, you go like I did in my career and traded to get a Mike Pringle. I never knew Mike Pringle was going to be a Hall of Famer or the all-time leading rusher, you know, this type of thing. But you look at guys and you project them, and, you know, and when they, when it comes to fruition and it actually turns out, then, you know, it's it's a great feeling.
0: You know, obviously, you referenced there some of, some of your history in the Canadian Football League, and that's a good transition to what I wanted to ask you because you, you've seen a lot in your time in your league, and you've I, I think uh, if I if I remember correctly, you saw eight teams, then you saw nine, then you saw eight again, and <laughs> now we're nine again. Is that, is that more or less? Well, you saw some American teams too, though, right? So you, you've you've seen a few few uh, few few things come and go in the league this week. Uh, and this is kind of maybe a bigger picture question. So you know, I don't know if you're maybe wait and see with this but i, I want to see what you think they're, they're trying the three bye weeks this year and there's might be a push towards an earlier season uh you know and as a gm you're you're worried about getting getting fans in the buildings and in the stadiums too um i mean what do you think of this possibility of the season going earlier and, and this extra bye week for uh for for player safety uh do you have any thoughts on that jim
2: well, I would tell you, you, know, I, I think the, as much as anything, the player, player association, players have really got to have that discussion. I mean, some of the bye week stuff has to do with TV. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different reasons why we a lot of things take place. Uh, I can't say that it just regards the, the length of the season or the having the extra bye weeks is, is the most ideal thing that teams really want. But, you know, rest is needed. Uh, it's a long season. And, and when you have injuries, it's a great thing to have a bye week. So there's always a give and take to whatever decisions are made or why we're doing something. Starting the season early, hey, look, um, you know, the downside to that is, is that we would have to have our draft earlier. A lot of college kids are still in college and school. Uh, if we started camp earlier, they wouldn't even be done with school yet. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of challenges. They're doing things for television, it might be the best thing, you know, and that, that may be the, the the main reason that you're doing it. And so there's always give and take, and you got to listen to it all to understand the whole business aspect of, as much as the safety of it, as much as what's best for the CFL. It will always be a debate. You know, you'll find the good and bad in it all. And, yes, I mean, I've been in the league now since my 27th season. I've seen as little as eight teams, and I've seen as many as 13 teams. And, um, you know, I've seen three different uh, renditions of uh, the Ottawa team. And uh, I've seen things go from teams not doing well, like Sask, where I started to making a lot of money, to what you see in Ottawa doing extraordinarily well. So, um, you know, listen, this league's been around a long time. Whoever the creators of it were in, uh, very, very smart people. It's a great league, tremendous competition. It, it, you know, there's a real pride in it for anybody and everybody who works in it. And, uh, and, you know, and it'll always find its way, and, and it'll be there uh, for the fans and, uh, and for the players and the coaches and everybody that participates in it. Well,
0: well said, Jim. We're looking forward to the rematch tomorrow between the Esk and the Argos. Hopefully uh, it remains dry throughout the, throughout the game. Thanks for checking <laughs> in on Inside Sports. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Jim.
2: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Right
0: on. Pretty amazing history in the Canadian Football League. Jim Pop, mostly associated, obviously, with the Montreal Alouettes, now with the Toronto Argos, reunited with Mark Tressman, They uh, pulled it out last year in the Grey Cup, beating Calgary, who right now are leading Ottawa 17-0 in the last minute of the first half. Great to have Jim Pop on the show, and really glad to hear that Ricky Ray is, uh, you know, doing pretty well. Not, not going to be able to play for, for a while, uh, as Jim said. We'll see how that timetable works out. But he is around the team, attending meetings and, and, and helping out and mentoring James Franklin and all that kind of stuff. Great to hear uh, about Ricky Ray. Well, great to hear from this guy. Uh, a long overdue call on the open line, 780-496-0063. Edmonton Sports Fanatic. Matt from Section O. Hello, Section O. Hey, Reed, what's going on, buddy? Just uh, hosting the television show and eagerly awaiting your phone call. Oh, boy. Well,
3: you know what? When you've been working 14-hour days at work and you can't really get the time in to get hyped for the football game, but you know what? I managed to squeeze it in and I'm super ready to go. And And just before we start this off, I just want to wish my buddy Ahmed a happy birthday. He's listening right now out on the truck, so he wanted me to say that to you. So hopefully he gets it now. probably going to get 50,000 texts now about that. But uh, (laughs) you know what? I put on Twitter this afternoon that I think it's a little too early to call this game a must-win. But I think it really would send a message to have a really good rebound game after the brain farts that they had last week. And they should have dominated that game from every aspect. You know, we started out slow. Uh, We gave up the big drive to James Franklin and the Argos. And then Chris Edwards took his objectionable conduct, which extended the drive to get a TD, turn around to fumble it. Like, we all know what's going on. We were all there. We watched it. So, you know what? If they clean up the penalties, if they start to football, if they start to uh, take out some of the mental gaps that they've been having, you know what? We should absolutely demolish the Argos. I just got the stats right here, Reed. Uh James Franklin, 217 yards, one TD, one interception. His longest pass was 50 yards. And I made mention as well last Saturday that I was kind of watching how he was doing. And, of course, I'm no expert, but his first read, if it was covered, it was just a dump off to Declan Cross or James Wilder. So, you know what, James Franklin, in my mind, in that game, he's still young. He's still a developing quarterback. He did absolutely – he was safe. He played safe. But the Eskimos' defense adjusted. And Mike Riley right here, you throw for 370 yards with a 70% completion rating, 28 for 40, you should win that game. You should have won that game, but you know what? We shot ourselves in the foot, and I think this is going to really test them to see how they rebound, and if we come out firing on all cylinders and you know lay the smack down on the Argos and put some points on the board, then you know what? Then that's going to send a huge message across the league about what this team is and if we're ready for the big time.
0: Well, I don't know if you were listening earlier, Matt, but I, I had uh, the, the some of the stats here. James Wilder Jr. is the Argos' leading receiver.
3: 21 carries, 120 yards for an average of 5.7, yes.
0: Yeah, leading receiver. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he has 196 rushing, and obviously the uh, Eskimos have three guys, 290 or more. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they they're working on the details. Hopefully that pays off on the field. And look, I... Uh, I'm not. I don't freak out about all the penalties. Unfortunately, sometimes an old lineman's going to hold. Unfortunately, sometimes there's going to be an offside. I don't want them to rack up. But but I mean, you mentioned Edwards. This has been going on almost a calendar year, Matt. Uh, I mean, he's got to... It's it's got to be message received at some point for him, or he's got to be the first guy out when the when the injured guys come back.
3: You know, it's not my mo to throw shade at some of the guys, but I mean, we we. We've seen it with Chris Edwards before in the Labor Day rematch last year, where the Calgary was on third and long, and he does the throat slash, extends the drive, and then the whole Anthony Parker catch no catch brouhaha thing happened. But like, yeah, he's good for one dumb penalty a game. But hopefully, you know, he's you're right. He's got to learn from it and uh, got to stop making those mistakes. And because sooner or later, Bud, you're gonna you're on Marcel Young watch, and you don't want to do that. And but like like you said linemen are going to hold. There was a pretty weak call on Stafford with that objectionable conduct as well. I think it was a weak hold on Dupree that got called, where the touchdown got called back. Uh, of course, Darrell Walker slips where the grass meets the turf. Sure. Just, you know, it was one of those bad luck Brian games that you had. And uh, everybody throws up a stinker like that every once in a while. And like I said, it's how you rebound from it. And if they rebound and come out, then you know what? Then it's, you can classify it as a one-off. It's my thing saying, if you got Mike Riley, that game is always in your hands. You keep you, you put the ball with him in the last two minutes. If you're close, man, you're going to win that game on nine times out of ten. So All I'm right. excited tomorrow. And uh, and uh, one quick thing as well, we used to pump ludicrous in the Austin O'Brien football locker room back when I played in 03. So buddy, <laughs> I'm great. super ready for that one, man.
0: That's awesome. Well, oh, that's where we had my buddy Zip as a teacher, right? Eh?
3: Yeah, yeah. He was my grade nine uh Arts teacher at St. Kevin's, and then when I went to AOB, he was there for two years teaching drama and uh, oh, nice. something else. Super nice dude, super nice dude, and I think he's throwing out the first pitch tonight at the prospect.
0: Uh, he nice. did it on Tuesday. He did he it, was, it on Tuesday. Tuesday, you know yeah. what?
3: Good, good for him. Good for him. That's a great story. Uh, miraculous comeback. I wish him nothing but the best, and uh, hopefully the Eskimos, uh, as uh. JR would say, stomp a mud hole in uh, <laughs>
0: All right.
3: Toronto tomorrow. And you know what? Keep the <laughs> rain away. This is gonna be the third game in a row where we've had threats of rain. That that.
0: Can stop. All right, Matt. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Have a good day. That is Matt from Section 0, always enthusiastic at 780 496 0063. And uh, the, my buddy, we were mentioning there, uh, you've probably seen stories about him. Uh, Sulin Go from Global did a great profile on him last year. Uh, this is Christian Zip, one of my best friends, uh, about two and a half years ago. A deadly case of meningitis. He did survive. Uh, not intact, uh, double amputee, and, and some other damage as well, but he's uh, fighting hard and uh, remains one of my best friends and has an incredible attitude. It is 6.52. We're coming right back. Inside Sports on Ched. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Everyone listening officially hates you. I, I saw I a saw bit of confusion on your face for a second, and that light bulb went on. You knew what it was. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we are playing songs coming back from commercial by artists with the first name of Billy. And this is indeed the immortal track. The infectiously catchy. Here it comes. Don't my heart, my I just don't oh. think understand. <laughs> They're like people and driving around Edmonton puking right now. Just most yeah. <laughs> well, we we'll just kill that. <laughs> pretend it never happened. That's incredible. Uh, isn't he coming to? Is uh, he coming to Edmonton or did he play the Stampede or something? I was talking to a coworker really recently about a uh, a concert. Yeah, coming up. Anyway, oh, I was I was exhausted. <laughs> BVJ this year. He's yeah, he's playing Big Valley. Yeah, that's, that's what right. it is. Well, here's here's a challenge. Name another Billy Ray Cyrus song without looking it up on your phone or your computer. Oh. <laughs> There's one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can text 63630. Uh, here's a uh, random text. Do the Edmonton Oilers have a chance to make the playoffs this year? Yes, they have a chance. There's my short answer. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Corey says, how about Billy Shatner? I believe William Shatner has recorded albums No, but I, I, I don't know. I'll leave the list to you if we're going Billy. I, ha- I have a bill. I have a one in mind. Yep. Oh, good. Uh, John says, Hey, Reed, do you have any songs by Billy Snoop Dogg? Well, that, that'd be a bit of a stretch. That's reaching. <laughs> <laughs> You can always text 63630. The Red Sox going for their 10th win in a row. They put up five in the bottom of the fourth, and they now lead the Blue Jays 5-2 in the top of the fifth. Uh, big weekend coming up at Castro Raceway. Castro Raceway. It is the Rocky Mountain National. Some exciting stuff going on there. Rob Reeves is going to check in tonight. He's the owner of Castro Raceway. You'll still hear some comments from your quarterback, Mike Riley, as we get you ready for the game tomorrow. Eskimos and Argos. Don't forget, it's on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 7. Hockey today. Connor Hellebuck gets a new deal from the Winnipeg Jets. Six years 37 million for the 25 year old. Had 44 wins last season. Marion Hosa, who hasn't been able to play because of that skin condition, his rights are traded to Arizona along with Hinestroza and former Oiler Osterly for Marcus Kruger and three other players. A couple draft picks change hands as well.